Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy. I'm here with my first cup of coffee. Mmm, delicious. It is Thursday, March 12th. I'm at home today. No writer coffee today. Uh, we decided not to meet. Um, New Mexico is responding pretty aggressively to the confirmed cases of coronavirus here. And the governor is asking people to forego all social engagements where possible. And I think that's smart. Grisham is um, a solid, solid governor. She's really terrific. She did gave a terrific press conference yesterday and outlined all the steps, um, all the preparations they've been making, said they've been working on it since January, and it sounds like it. She had an epidemiologist there with her, and yeah, they are, she said, as of today, asking all government workers to work from home, especially non-critical workers and said that they may take further steps sooner. Right now we have three cases here, a couple down in Socorro who traveled in Egypt and a woman in Bernalillo who was in New York City. And so they've all been self-isolating apparently. So they're hoping that New Mexico, and, we're, and they're putting a lockdown on all travelers coming into the state. I don't know how they'll do that, but anyway, that's where we are. So I decided, well, I would not go to writer coffee today. I'm a little conflicted because I was supposed to have drinks and dinner tonight with a reader, book blogger gal. Um, she's Wine and Spines on Instagram. We we're supposed to meet up tonight and I was going to give her an arc. And I think maybe I'll meet with her somewhere and give her the ark and sign her book, but not, I don't think we should like go out for drinks or dinner, unfortunately. She's here for a few weeks. She said working on a film, which is cool. I don't know what she does, but I want to know more. So perhaps we can um, go meet somewhere. It's also kind of rainy, so I'm not sure where we can, I'll have to think about what would make a good meeting spot where we can sort of observe social distance, right? I'm not sure where she lives either, so what she might have brought with her. So the news has been changed a lot here in the U.S. in the last 24 hours. Uh, Trump finally stepped up. We're wondering who yanked his chain. I guess uh, Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson down in Australia have announced that they've both tested positive for it and they're self-isolating. They've uh, canceled the NBA basketball season this year, which is, that's a, a huge step. <laughs> you know, the Americans don't want to give up their March Madness. That's a lot of money, a lot of money lost. People canceling their conferences. Um, Kelly Robson had been planning to go along with her wife, Alex Delamonica to a conference in Orlando, March 18th through the 20th, and 
she canceled all of their plans. They didn't want to risk getting stuck in the U.S., not being allowed back in Canada. That's really the concern. You know, I've been thinking about, uh, I know people who had plane tickets to go to London. They were going to be there for London Book Fair. And when London Book Fair was canceled, they said, oh, that they were just going to go to London anyway. I was like, I don't know if that's a good idea. And they're like, oh, I'm not afraid of getting sick. And it's like, well, yeah, the, that's one thing to not be afraid of getting sick. But then, you know, what if you're not allowed back into the U.S. for a month? What do you do? Well, I guess you just stay where you are. But I'm happy that I'm at home. I'm glad that all of my peoples are at home. And I believe that we will, uh, we should be able to get through this. I'm glad that the government is finally taking it seriously. Uh, I suspect that this will uh, go down in history with Trump taking so long to take it seriously. It was a big pivot for him, uh, this uh press conference he gave last night, uh, somebody yanked his chain really hard, obviously. I don't know if it's uh, like his wealthy cronies or donors who are realizing how much money they're losing or what. David thinks it was Tom Hanks, <laughs> which I laughed at and I'm obviously laughing at still, but David was pointing out that that Trump has a real reverence for movie stars, you know, that he really wanted to be a movie star. And it's so funny, isn't it, seeing those movies like from the 80s where Trump is in them? <laughs> I don't know. I just find that so bizarre. We should have kept his reality show going, people. If we'd kept his show The Apprentice going, maybe he never would have been bored enough to run for president. <sighs> Alas. But anyway... Hopefully this will um, change for us. I understand things are already getting better in China, so that's good. Um, the Hong Kong people let me know that they didn't have as much demand for their online classes as they thought, so they won't be needing me right now, but they hope to in the future. I would still like to do that. But, um, yeah, the... I think that Hong Kong's probably feeling like they've got enough of a handle on it that they can just resume regular classes soon. They were closing schools until April 20th, so at this point they've just got like five weeks to go. They might figure it's not that big a deal at this point to, you know, like keep up with classes. They can just put the students in them later. So... Promised Queen, still going well. Knock on wood. <laughs> How many times have I knocked on wood now? Um, I'm at like 67,000 words. Um, yeah. Closed off the midpoint. Made a choice that I'm still not sure of. It's a strong choice. And I think I'm just going to leave it be and see what my editor says about it. I went in yesterday and got my nails done. It's very critical, <laughs> critical thing to do. And the nail salon gals were taking measures of, for coronavirus. Asked me to put my stuff down and wash my hands right away. Well, I said, that's smart. That's smart. And they're wiping down stations in between clients. So I considered 
you know, like maybe I shouldn't go for my, you know, it's I have my regular appointment every two weeks. You know, I thought, well, is it that important? Maybe I shouldn't go. But then I thought, you know, that that's her, um, my nail gal. That's her her livelihood, and I didn't want to. Um, you know, a lot of people are going to have the rug pulled out from under them if they're not able to work. You know, people in jobs like that that don't get salary. So I thought, well, I'll go, and that way she'll get paid. And my nails are a beautiful green. I really love this new green. It's hard to find a good deep green nail color, and so. I'm very happy. It looks very good on my red Starbucks cup and kind of matches the green on the mermaid. These are very important things I know. Anyway, when I drove into town, I listened to uh, Leslie Penelope's podcast this week. And uh, I was thinking that she was talking about feeling like she's really developed her rider muscles and that she's not needing to make so many passes over the book. Um, she'd gone over some stuff that she'd only been over like twice before and it, that it was good. It was all layered in. And I think that's absolutely something that happens. And it's something that I try to explain to people when they act kind of, um, I don't, I'm trying to think of the words, you know, like when I say that I can pretty much draft a novel in two months and they act astonished and so forth. It's it's because I've written so many novels now that I kind of I do layer in a whole lot of what 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 needs to be there as I write it. Just because I I am in I am in good form. I've really stretched myself as a writer and continue to stretch myself. And I'm yeah I'm in good condition. So I can do that. And I do think that that's something that, that does grow over time. Jeez, my, my first novel, I can't tell you how many times I rewrote that book. And it's still not very good. <laughs> I mean, it was published. And it's, um, I don't know, people write it. But, you know, it's like, eh, there are things I would change now. I, you know, and, and it's, uh, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, I mean, I won't change it. But to change that book, I would have to, like, rewrite the whole series to make it different. But yeah, I um, <clears throat> I think that that's an important thing to remember. That especially you know a question that newbie writers ask a lot at um, you know like when you're interviewed or at conferences or that kind of thing, and they ask how long it takes to write a book. I always want to caveat that because how long it takes me to write a book is not how long it takes Leslie to write a book or how long it takes Sarah J. Moss to write a book or, you know, all of these people. You know, so every every writer is different. That's the first answer. And then the second answer is how long it takes a writer who has written 30 novels to draft a novel compared to someone writing their first novel, it's, it's an astronomically different effort. You, you learn by doing. That's one of the things about writing is you learn by doing. And that's why we all give the advice to um, write and write and write. Write a lot. And 
And I know it's difficult if you're a newbie writer and you're writing your first book because you want to make it good. And sometimes there's this terrible advice where people will say, well, um, don't send it out until you know it's good. And the problem is, is that one of the things that you develop over time is knowing whether or not something is done and what knowing when it's good. A little finch singing outside the window happily. We're a little overcast. It's cool. Rained last night. That was nice. And we're supposed to get more rain and maybe snow. Good tuck-in weather, right? So, yeah, I really... It's agents and editors will say that sometimes. They'll say, make sure to send out your best work and don't send it until it's ready. And when you're a new writer, you just have no no criteria for knowing when something's ready. There's you just don't. And you know, it's it's good advice from their perspective because they get weary of seeing stuff that isn't ready, but expecting the writer to know that is completely unfair, dramatically unfair. So that's why I advise people to write and write a lot. I was, I think I mentioned this before, but I was talking with a gal who was working on her first book. And I said, you know, that some of my best advice right now is for her to really take that time when she does not have anybody expecting anything from her. She does not have a contracted deadline. She does not have readers chomping at the bit for the next book. She doesn't have any expectations on her. So she can just lay down a whole lot of words and see what happens. And I'll, I'll mention it, even though I've mentioned it many times before, but in case anyone happens to tune in just to listen to this topic, which I think is happening more and more often. I'm seeing by the numbers that people dip in for particular topics, which I think is great. I just apologize if it's repetitive for you faithful listeners. But that's one reason why I really like the metaphor of water flowing through the pipes. And that when you first begin to write, your pipes are narrow and they are full of gunk because they've just been sitting there. And these are your creative pipes. And by the act of writing, of laying down words, you are running water through those pipes. And that means that what comes out the other end of the pipe is pretty gunky. <laughs> it's discolored and it has chunks of crap in it. And it's, it's nothing, nothing anybody wants to drink. And, and it can be very discouraging, right? Especially because most writers are readers. And if you want to write and you're not reading, then you need to fix that and go read a lot. You, you know good work and when you read it. And so you see this gunk coming out and you have this terrible feeling that maybe it is gunky and discolored and tastes like hell and all of that. But that's okay because it's, it's not, even though you're making it be a book, it's not a book yet. And so you can let that go. Um, and just keep wanting the water through there. And the more water you run through the pipes, the more 
the pipe opens up and you create space and you can put more water through it and you can write faster and the water that comes out is more and more clear all the time. And you can see this with many artists. This is not something that ends with your, um, you know, get your first book published and then all of a sudden you're done and you're set in your ways. No, you should continue to refine your art and refine your creativity and your process so that the water that's coming out of your pipes 20 years later is even better and more pure and crystalline and has its distinct flavor and it's it's amazingly different than what you did before. And you can see this in other artists. Um, there's a gal here in Santa Fe. I really love her stuff, and now I'm not going to be able to think of her name. I, I should actually, I have a postcard of one of her paintings. She does these kind of wolves, wolves peering out at you. And I would love to get um, a print. I I keep meaning to ask for that for like a birthday or Christmas or something because I would really love to have one of her paintings. So I'll put her name in the show notes and I'll use that photo today. Um, it's Carol. Carol. Mm, it's going to bug me now, but I don't want to have to get up and go look for it. I've got it in my bathroom. I've got it on my bathroom mirror because I, I like looking at it. But anyway, she has been doing this for a very long time. And over the years, her wolves have changed. And the lines and the colors that she used to portray them are getting more and more spare. Until some of her recent stuff, like she'll just have a few lines on a page and it still evokes that wolf. And it's like she's pared away all of the unnecessary stuff. And now just has the essence. She's well, refined it down to the essence. Uh, I think that's fascinating. And I think that writers end up doing that too. You learn how to not spend time on the unnecessary stuff. And that speeds you up too. It, I think that's partly what Leslie is seeing with going back on her revisions because she was surprised to see so much was there. And it's like, yeah, you get a lot better at putting what needs to be there and not having the stuff that doesn't need to be there. So I'm going to go on my way. First cup of coffee is part of the Frolic Media Podcast Network. You'll find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. And I'll talk to you all tomorrow. Take care. Bye-bye.